Hello, and welcome to the Think MHK podcast presented by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. On this episode, you will hear from two of the 2023 15 Under 40 recipients. The 15 Under 40 program selects 15 nominees each year to honor and recognize the accomplishments of outstanding young professionals who make a positive impact in the community and excel in their industry. We look forward to hearing their stories. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Jason Smith, President and CEO of the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. Our guest for this segment is another one of our 15 under 40 winners and, and actually a repeat visitor to the uh, Think MHK podcast. It's from WTC, uh, Jeff Sackrider. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me today. Well, thanks for coming back. It is. It does feel a little bit like a repeat. Last time you were on, we were celebrating your win as Young Professional of the Year, which was back in, what, 21, I think, is when that happened and uh, when you were named. Yes. Yep. And um, now you're here. We're celebrating the fact that you're one of the inaugural 15 under 40. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. It's uh, much appreciated. So tell us a little bit about yourself, for, just as a reminder, uh, and uh, how you ended up in Manhattan and with WTC. I grew up in Wamego, so not too far up the road, and started my career at WTC actually as a 10-year-old cutting grass for them. So I've been in the area and with my company for a long time. Grew up in Wamego, moved away for a while, and had a combination of some relatives I wanted to be closer to and an opportunity for WTC entering the Manhattan market and needing someone to be here and get their feet on the ground in Manhattan. And it just kind of everything lined up perfectly for me to take advantage of moving back to Kansas and moving to Manhattan. And uh, the rest is history. Here I am. And I think most people know what WTC is, but for the few that may not talk about who WTC is and and, uh, how you entered the Manhattan market. Sure. So WTC in 1912, when we founded our our company in Wamigo, was Wamigo Telephone Company. Um, we're WTC today because we're not just in Wamigo, and we sure don't sell much telephone service anymore. For the last 20 years, we've been building a fiber optic network across about 550 square miles in Northeast Kansas, providing high-speed internet and business services. And so being located in Wamigo, the Manhattan market, as you know, is thriving, growing, great place to be. And it was just a natural step for our company to to come here. Um, for the last six years, we've been providing We've been providing services for business clients, and now we're starting to to get into apartments and residential neighborhoods as well. Yeah, and the CEO, Jeff Wick, at a recent event announced that the goal was to be in all of Manhattan soon. Soon, yes. We'll let him define what that is, but we're sure happy to be in Manhattan and really appreciate the positive response that we've gotten from everybody here. All right. Well, thanks for being with us, Jeff. So talk about what it was like uh, when you found out you were named one of the 15 under 40. So I'm glad that uh, glad that you started this program this year and not next year because I just barely qualified under the line there of being under 40. But you know, I was pretty excited um, to be named in this inaugural class. And when I saw the list of the other folks in this class, it just it it was really kind of humbling. I mean, there are some really talented people in the Manhattan region under 40 doing a lot of great things. And it's just, you know, I almost feel like a little bit of imposter syndrome uh, having my name beside some of these other folks, but just really humbled and and honored to be named. And we did talk about this a little bit before we started recording, but 
we believe, and we haven't checked other birth certificates, but we believe you were the oldest of the 15 under 40, and you turned 40 in, in uh, this year, so 23, and so got in just under the under the deadline there. Just under the gun. It, this was my only chance to win this award, So, and I do have my uh, my driver's license here if anybody needs to check my my age and identity, so. There's a funny story about that. So when I moved to Lincoln, I was in my mid-30s, Lincoln, Nebraska. I was in my mid-30s, and they had a, a publication there that did 40 under 40. And I never was selected. And and I you know, kind of was bummed for a while thinking that people didn't think I was doing a good job or that somehow I was not accomplishing anything. And then I figured out that the truth was they didn't believe I was <laughs> under 40, uh, which was, I think, a little more depressing than maybe <laughs> them not believing I was doing a good job. So we believed that you were under 40, but although you did say you had a few that, that questioned that is in the ceremony, right? Yeah, the, the gray hair doesn't help anything, but... Uh, Congratulations anyway. Thank you very much. So let's talk a little bit again about, you. you said you moved... Back to Manhattan, and where did you move from? Where uh, I was in the D.C. area at the time. And so why, after moving back, have you decided to stay here? I didn't think I was going to stay here. I kind of got, I don't want to say tricked into it, but it just, Manhattan is just this magnetic place to me. And living in a, in a metro area like D.C. where there's something like 8 million people, I mean, it's really easy to just go about your day and just be an anonymous person in a crowd and... Um, being in Manhattan, you know, now that I've been here for a number of years, if I want to go to the grocery store, I got to like put a ball cap on or put my hoodie up if I'm in a hurry because you can't do anything quickly in Manhattan because you just have friends and acquaintances and colleagues everywhere. And just the sense of community that one has in Manhattan was just really attractive to me. And there's so many opportunities to get involved in Manhattan and give back to the community and help shape it be the place that I want to call home, just living in other places, I haven't really had that opportunity. And so for me, that was really attractive. That got me kind of in the center of things here. And and when you're in the center, it's really hard to, to get pushed somewhere else. And one of the things that a lot of people identify you with having come back are the mural projects. And so that's been one of your passions uh, since you've moved back. But there's a large group that that works on that, that you're involved with. But talk a little bit about how you got involved in that and and what exactly that is, because it's it's become a fairly popular uh, attraction for our community. Yeah. So one thing in D.C. that I really did appreciate was all the access to art and culture type events that are just everywhere when you live in a big town. And coming back in Manhattan, you know, we've got We've got some art, we've got some some different venues for artistic endeavors, but one opportunity I saw was um, more public art, more murals. And so with a handful of people, we got a group together that we called Insight MHK, and it was Halloween of 2019 when we commissioned our first mural, which is the mural that you see on the side of AJ's patio. And since that time, we've done just about 20 murals, um, have several in the works right now. We've got an exciting one in Aggieville that'll be getting installed hopefully this spring or summer. Um, and the really cool thing is there's new murals in Manhattan that I don't know about that I didn't have anything to do with that are just naturally starting to spring up when you can show people that this is 
this isn't impossible. This isn't difficult. This is something that anybody can do. And it's really cool to see that other people are inspired to do things like that as well. Yeah. And if anybody's interested in seeing where all of those are, we included them in our visitor's guide this year. And so you can either find that online or you can come by our office and pick one of those up. And there's a little map that shows you how to get to all the murals in town and you can check them off. And so uh, for somebody that's interested in that, you also got super involved and have brought a couple of air guitar contests. How, how, do, how did you get involved with air guitar? That seems like a fairly random activity. I didn't even know that air guitar was a thing one could be involved with until recently. So Nick Fisher is a, a muralist that we've worked with a couple of times now, and he's friends with a guy called Justin Howard. Uh, Nick called me one day and said, hey, I'm bringing my now, buddy. Now, Justin Howard has another name, right? So Justin Howard does have another name. And, and Nick told me that Justin was going to come to town and help him paint a mural. I said, that's great. I'm not paying you any extra money, but bring your buddy. And we're getting ready to hang up the phone. He said, oh, by the way, Justin is also known as Nordic Thunder. He's a world champion air guitarist. And I, I don't think I even knew how to respond to that. But I did get Justin's phone number, called him up and said, hey, let's I don't know what air guitar is. I don't didn't know there was a world championships, but let's do something in Manhattan. And so we've had two different um, community air guitar competitions that we've done as a part of Third Thursday, where we've had a stage in the middle of points. And we also got called by the United States Air Guitar entity, which is a real live thing. And they asked us to have a um, regional event here in Manhattan that we held at the Wareham that we just about packed the Wareham full of people to see that. A local contestant whose stage name is Papa Dom the Beard won that event and went to compete for the U.S. championships that was in Portland, Oregon. And now we have a, you know, a growing air guitar community. We've got plans for the uh, final third Thursday of the year, we're going to have another air guitar competition. And it's just this thing that has taken on a life of its own that I don't think I could stop if I wanted to at this yeah. point. I thought one of the really cool things when you guys were promoting the regional event, it, it listed all the cities where there were regional events. And I don't, I don't recall them off the top of my head, but it was places like New York, Dallas, Chicago, Manhattan. Manhattan I mean, it, it was, right. it was Kansas. Not yeah, Manhattan, Manhattan, Kansas. Right? It, was, it was really interesting to see that dynamic uh, at play there. So hopefully we can get more of those kind of events uh, here. So you said you moved back from Washington, Washington, DC. If somebody else were interested in, in moving to Manhattan from Washington, DC, what would you tell them about Manhattan as a place to live, work, play and raise a family? You know, I'd tell them some of the things I mentioned about, you know, this sense of place, this community that we have here. And it, it's funny that you ask me that because my cousin is moving from Phoenix to Manhattan and and he had this opportunity. He could move anywhere. And he asked me that same question, Jeff, why should I move to Manhattan? And, you know, I just talked to him about this, this community of like-minded people that I've built up. He's seen that, you know, I'm a internet salesman that somehow has commissioned 20 murals in town. Like that doesn't, happen everywhere. You know, you just, if you have a passion for something, you're just kind of permitted to run with that and make something out of it. Um, I think uh, something that gets overlooked a lot in this region is the Flint Hills. Um, you know, we have some of the most beautiful landscape on the entire planet right here in Manhattan, Kansas, um, or just, just adjacent to it. And I don't think a lot of people, it's not a flashy mountainscape or ocean, but if you're willing to 
give it a little bit of time. I mean, I don't think there's anything cooler than the Flint Hills or being here in April when we're burning. I mean, there's just so many opportunities to do so many different things in Manhattan. I don't know why everybody isn't moving here. I agree. We should put you on staff at the chamber and just let you walk, go around telling people that and maybe we could convince some more people that that it's a great place that you say it is and we we know it is as well. So um, so what are some things that, that inspire you or motivate you to um, to go to work and sell internet every day? You know, everybody needs internet. We've learned that in 2020. I think um, just working for a local company that's committed to being a good corporate citizen and allowing me to do things like my public art endeavors or being on the different um, nonprofit boards that I serve on. We're a company that our corporate headquarters is in Wamigo, Kansas. You know, we were founded by a bunch of farmers that wanted telephones back in 1912, and we haven't strayed very far from the fact that, you know, we serve our our neighbors and we are we are you. So that's what gets me excited about going to work every day. I mean, what inspires me generally in life is just a lot of visual seeing results. You know, I'm the, I've been on the emergency shelter board for a number of years and, you know, getting to see a, a Christmas card from a, a client that talks about, you know, the opportunities that, that they've been able to have and the things that they've been able to do for their family as a result of what the emergency shelter does. For example, I mean, just getting to see those direct results of what I do gets me really excited and motivated to keep doing good things. We know you listen to the Think MHK podcast on a regular basis, but other every than day. that, but other than that, well, not every day, but <laughs> I mean, every week, but once a week, yeah, yeah. Uh, during during seasons. Uh-huh. Um, so, other than that, are there other podcasts you listen to, or are there other magazines or or places where you get information that uh, you would pass along to our listeners? You know, probably not anything relevant to being a Manhattan citizen. I was listening to Car Talk on the way over here, which uh, you know hasn't been on air for a number of years, but is one of my favorite, favorite podcasts of all time. Those two brothers, man, when they're laughing at each other, there's nothing better in the world than that. Uh, I'm boring. I listen to NPR. I listen to Radio Lab. I read the Manhattan Mercury every day. That's kind of how I get all my information. Well, I read the Manhattan Mercury every day as well. So uh, there's lots of good information uh, there. So, well, Jeff, thanks for uh, being with us and uh, answering those questions. But as you know, because you've done this before, uh, we now move into the infamous a rapid fire portion of the podcast, and we found some different questions for you this time. So are you ready to proceed? Boy, I hope so. I think so. I know so. Here we go. What movie have you seen the most? Most number of times, Office Space, for sure. A very quotable movie. I used to be able to quote every single word of that movie. I, I watched it so many times that the VHS tape broke. Yeah. That's Mike Judge, right? Didn't Mike Judge do that movie? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this may be a similar answer, but if you could only watch one movie or television show the rest of your life, what would it be? Poirot from PBS where David Suchet was the the Poirot. By far, best TV show ever. That, I'm unaware of that. So that's- Agatha Christie, murder mystery. Okay. What job you said you mow? So I'm going to ask you what your first job was. Your first job mowing for WTC is that my first job was cutting grass. My first paycheck job I worked at Dyer's IGA in Wamego. If oh, anybody okay. knows where that was. So what job did you want when you were a kid? The two jobs I can remember, I wanted to be a priest for a really long time, 
And then I decided I wanted to be an anesthesiologist because somehow I heard that you made a lot of money and you didn't have to work very many hours. And I thought that sounded all right. Do you think that's true? I don't, I mean, I can't I imagine that's true at all. No, because um, anesthesiologists, you have to go, when you have to go in early for a procedure, they're there. They're there and, with you and early. you got to go to school for a long time. Yeah. And, and if you have an emergency, somebody's got to be on call, right? It, it was a terrible idea for me. What skill would you most like to learn? I want to learn to speak Spanish. Seems doable. Someone else, uh, when we asked this question, talked about learning another language. And I said, that, me too. And I just have not. I've never done anything with that, but yeah. To, to doing that. So what is one thing that instantly makes your day better? So when I'm having a hard day, I listen to an old time radio show called Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Bob Bailey is the correct Johnny Dollar that one should listen to. It's from like the 1940s and 50s. It's fantastic. He's a insurance investigator with an action-packed expense account. It's fantastic. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to have to check that out too. Aside from necessities, what is one thing you could not go a day without? I have to read every night for fun. And if I don't, it's just a weird day. Fiction or Usually fiction. Yeah. Um, I'm reading an art book about John Singer Sargent right now, but typically just don't have to think much. Just, you know, kind of go on autopilot. I need to read. What did you do as a teenager that makes you cringe now? So many things. Um, Jinko jeans. I don't know if anybody knows what Jinko jeans are, but good Lord, what were my parents thinking? Let me buy those. There's (laughs) a lot. It's their fault. There are a lot of fashion things (laughs) as we look back going, oh, how do you deal with work stress? So we have a fantastic zoo in the middle of Manhattan and you can do a lap around that zoo in 30 minutes. Um, The K-State Gardens is also really close to my office. So if I'm if I'm having a stress day, I either do a lap around the zoo or I go sit next to a fountain in the K-State Gardens for 20 minutes and life is good again. Yeah, we do have a great zoo. That's that's a great answer. Okay, so these are two answers or one, depending on how you view it. But first concert and then favorite concert. So I went to Steve Miller Band was the first concert. He played in Kansas City. It was probably outdoor, right? As Steve Miller yeah, only plays outdoor concerts. Yeah, it was the, whatever, the amphitheater. I don't remember what it was called when I was a kid. Or I think Steve Miller's, when I was growing up, Steve Miller played the Oklahoma City Zoo like a hundred times. That maybe wasn't my first concert. That was the first concert I chose to go to. My current favorite concert, I think, was this Icelandic band called FM Belfast. And they played at a art museum uh, in Northwest Arkansas called Momentary. It was just before COVID hit. And it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. And it was just unexpected fun. So that's that's the one in my brain right now that's my most favorite. Jeff, you have dropped a lot of uh, knowledge on us today that we were unaware of before, <laughs> I hope you're taking you, notes. before you stepped to the mic. Uh, again, we appreciate you coming on the Think MHK podcast. And congratulations again on being in the inaugural class of 15 under 40 and getting in just under the deadline. We pulled the trigger on this uh, on this program just in time for you. So uh, congratulations and thanks for being on. Thanks so much, Jason. The Think MHK podcast is brought to you by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. Don't forget to subscribe and like the Think MHK podcast on your preferred podcast provider, and you will never risk missing an episode. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. To find out more about today's topic or other chamber activities, please go to manhattan.org. And now back to today's show.
Our guest for this segment is another one of our 15 Under 40 winners, Catherine McKinley with Edward Jones. Hey, Catherine. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me today. No, thanks for joining us. Uh, Before we start in depth, why don't you talk a little bit about yourself and tell us how you ended up in Manhattan and how you ended up with Edward Jones. Well, I grew up in California in a suburb of Los Angeles, and my family moved to Kansas when I was in high school which, as you can imagine, was a bit of a change of pace and lifestyle. For college, I moved to Virginia and then came back to Kansas, Topeka specifically, where I met my now husband. And we've been in the Manhattan area for about eight years now. Our move to Manhattan was prompted by my husband's company asking him to start an office here for his engineering business. And I was able to move my Edward Jones office to Manhattan and we're so glad to be here. So you said you moved to Kansas when you were younger. Where Did you graduate from high school in Kansas? I did. I went to Shawnee Heights High School in Topeka. Oh, okay. So when you said you moved back to Topeka, you were, or moved to Topeka, you were moving to, quote unquote, your home. Yes. Where my parents now live is Topeka. And where did you go to college in Virginia? I went to Liberty University in Lynchburg. Liberty has become quite famous. They're getting a lot better in football and, and uh, other athletics. So you must be proud. Yes. Are there the yes. f- flames? Yes, campus. Are they the Flames? They are the Flames, okay. yes. I have a friend who's a law professor there, so he, he really loves it. Um, so now tell where you're, where's your office, um, the, your Edward Jones office? Yes, I am located in Grandmere up near Colbert Hills on Vanesta Place. And I've had my office out here for the past three years. Previously, I was downtown. Yeah, we did. I remember doing the ribbon cutting there. You have like literally one of the best views of any office in town. It's incredible. Yes, I feel very lucky. We have the most amazing views of Colbert Hills from our window. And then we also have that beautiful firehouse um, next door as well. Yeah. So people should just come visit you just to see the view. And then you can talk to them about investing with some of your products. So that would be good too. So Absolutely. So you were, as we mentioned, you were named to our inaugural class of 15 under 40, which uh, are 15 individuals we've identified in the region who, uh, who are under 40 years old, who've achieved a lot for uh, their short time in the professional workplace. So how did you feel about being named one of the top young professionals in the Manhattan region? It's an honor to be recognized by the chamber. I truly mean it when I say I'm very grateful to live and work in Manhattan. We have a great community here with so many kind and wonderful people. So it's very much an honor. Now, in your nominating form, there were you probably remember looking at some of the the um, applications and the nominations, but you had one of the longest lists of things that you'd volunteered for. What are some of those things I know that you are, are passionate about in terms of, of what you engage in in Manhattan? So I have had several opportunities to get involved. And one organization that I'm part of now is the Pawnee Mental Health Foundation. I serve on the board. In the past, I've done some work with the Senior Center I am a young trustee with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. I also play the violin at my church, which is Faithy Free here in town. Um, So yeah, I've had a lot of opportunities to get involved and get to know some really great people. Was that something that you made the conscious decision to do? Because you said you've been here three years. Is that right? I've been in Manhattan actually since 2015. Oh, okay. So. Is that a conscious decision that you made to get engaged or is it just things that have just popped up and you've been able to do? I would say some of both. So when my husband and I moved here in 2015, I really didn't know anyone in town. And so I joined the chamber right away. I got to know people through that. And I also have um, been involved with my church and have made different connections and friendships that have led 
into opportunities and to be asked to be involved in different volunteer organizations. But I also have sought places out that I'm passionate about as well. What has made you decide to stay in Manhattan? Um, I know you said your husband opened an office and you have an office, but I would assume both of you uh, have the opportunities to go other places. So what has made you decide to stay here? So as I've mentioned, I've lived in much larger cities. I've lived in about the same size cities. And my husband and I have chosen to stay in Manhattan and raise our son here as we've been blessed with so many meaningful personal and professional relationships. And Manhattan has also been a great place to run our businesses. And we have a feeling of being very established here in our careers. And how old your son? Our son is one years old. He'll be two in June and he's adopted. We just adopted him a year ago in March. So oh, he's been a lot of fun, and a big blessing to us as well. Well, congratulations. So what uh, kind of leading into our next question, if, if you were, if you had a friend or somebody you knew who asked you uh, about Manhattan, uh, what would you say makes it a special place to live, work, and, and now in your case, raise a family? One thing I love about Manhattan is the feeling of connection. I like running into familiar faces when I'm out and about in the community. In Manhattan, we have the small town feel while still having many amenities and fun activities. Yeah, that's what when we talk to a lot of people, that's that's what we get from a lot of folks as they describe their experiences here. So what makes you feel inspired or motivated? I would say I always strive to make the most of every opportunity and live by the principle of leaving people and things better than when I found them. So as as you are giving advice to young professionals who are just getting out of the out of school and entering the workforce, what what's something that you would tell them in terms of being able to get engaged sooner and 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 have a a lot of success early in their careers? That's a great question. For someone just joining the workplace, I would suggest finding a place to get connected outside of your place of employment. Find ways to get involved in organizations like the chamber or volunteer at a nonprofit. These have been really great ways for me to meet like-minded professionals who are in my stage of life or maybe slightly ahead of where I am where I've been able to forge friendships and mentorships that have been really fulfilling personally and also have helped me feel connected and included in the community. Awesome. What are some things uh, with the chamber that you've participated in? Yeah, early on, I used to come to the the morning um, mingle where they would give you about 10 minutes where you could um, introduce yourself and get to know others. I've also been to some of the women's events um, where they we used to have a luncheon um, that was hosted. I think that was either once a week or once a month, um, but it, it, that was a good way to meet people. Um, some of the after hours or the young professional events, um, the chamber always seems like they have something going on to attend and to get to know people. Yeah, it, we, we have a busy schedule. So other than uh, the Think MHK podcast, what are some uh, podcasts that you listen to and would recommend to other people? So honestly, I typically read more than I listen to podcasts. Well, that's so that's I, very impressive, by the way. So <laughs> I, I I wish I was more that way. <laughs> well, mainly I enjoy reading articles on what's happening in the economy or financial planning best practices that help me keep up to date what's happening in the financial industry so I can best serve my clients. Um, so I... I would be open to hearing what your recommendations are for podcasts, maybe offline, if that's better. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty simple. I'm a I, I tend to not 
focus on work when I'm listening. And so I listen to a lot of sports podcasts and a lot of comedy podcasts. So I may not be the right person to answer. You're a lot, you're a lot more serious and successful than I am, Catherine. So I'm not always serious, but. And when you talk about uh, financial articles, what, what's a good source or what, what do you find to be a good source of information uh, for finance, for people that are interested in reading about that? So this is going to make me sound old, but I read the Wall Street Journal and Barron's as some of my primary sources. That's probably the reason they've been around long is they're probably the most accurate. Okay, well, that's the end of the of the those kind of questions. We are moving now to uh, the infamous rapid fire. And uh, I think you've been uh, given a little bit of a heads up on this. So uh, you think you're ready for the 10 questions? Okay. Do you have any hidden talents? I can recite the U.S. English prepositions, about 70 of them in alphabetical order. That is remarkable. Describe that for me. Well, if you want a little tease, I won't do all of them, right. but aboard, about, above, across, after, against, along, among, around, at, before, behind, below, beneath. And again, I can go all the I way got down. It. No, I, I got it. That That is remarkable. What What would cause you to do that? Where is that? Was that like a, an assignment when you were a kid or what was that? That was a school thing. When I was in fifth grade, I went to a private school in Los Angeles and they were very focused on English and they um, made us memorize things like that. All the English prepositions. That is a great talent. Um, if you could go back in time for a day, what day would you go to? I would go back to the day my husband and I were engaged. I'm afraid of heights, but somehow he talked me into going skydiving and at oh my the end gosh. surprised me with an engagement. So he gave you an engagement ring while you were skydiving? Yes. So we both jumped out of a plane. And when I was floating down, he had made a big sign that said, Cat, will you marry me? And he landed first and he pulled out the ring. So when I landed, I was already in shock after just jumping out of a plane. And I also got handed a engagement ring. That's impressive. At first, I thought you were trying to say that he put a ring on your finger while you were skydiving. I was like, that is crazy. That would be challenging. Yeah, because you drop that ring and it's gone. So yes. is that a good way to do it? Is that were you, were you impressed by that? I was definitely in shock. If someone paid you to write a blog or book about anything, what would it be about? Travel. I always say if I wasn't a financial advisor, I'd love to give travel advice. What are some of your favorite places to travel? So one of the coolest places I've traveled has been Pebble Beach, California. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I, we drove along Highway 1 along the coast, and that is, I think, some of the most beautiful part of our country. I agree. Uh, what was your first job? I started babysitting at 10 years old, and then in junior high, I tutored an elementary student, and then in high school, I worked in a grocery store. What skill, other than uh, knowing all the prepositions, what skill would you most like to learn? I would love to be fluent in another language like Spanish. Me too. Where is the coolest place? And I assume by coolest, we mean the hippest place, but not the coldest, like temperature cold. Yeah. But what is the coolest place you've traveled? Well, I think Pebble Beach. Uh, my husband actually went golfing at Pebble Beach on the actual course, and I rode around and took a lot of fun pictures. Did he enjoy that? Absolutely. I think it's a highlight of our of our life. Honestly, it was such a cool experience. Now, is he a, is he a scratch golfer, or did or did he just kind of duff his way around? He loves golf. He's okay. out at Colbert all the time. I got you. What is one thing that instantly makes your day better? My dogs. How many dogs do you have? I have two dogs, a, a lab and a pointer. Aside from necessities, what one thing could you not go a day without? My family. Good answer. Uh, do you prefer working remotely or in the office? 
In the office, I like the home and work separation. I agree with you, but I also think that you're you're helped by the fact you have an awesome office. So that's probably part that of that is true. as well. That is very true. How do you deal with work stress? I try to focus on positives and I normally go home at lunch and see those dogs. Well, Catherine, again, congratulations for being part of our inaugural 15 under 40 class. And uh, thank you for joining us on the Think MHK podcast. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Think MHK, a podcast produced by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. If you enjoyed the Think MHK podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and share it out on your social media channels. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce.